This is Father Dave Pavanka, and you're listening to Catholic Foodie. That's right, this is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 42 of the Catholic Foodie, Holy Meals. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are so happy that you're here. Uh, Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie, and uh, we've got an exciting show today. I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, We're going to be talking about holy meals. Now, what do I mean, holy meals? What's that all about? Well, I I sent out a message on uh, Twitter and Plurk and Facebook the other day asking, what is your holiest meal? What was your holiest meal? Now, outside of the Eucharist, of course, the liturgy of the Eucharist, uh, the Mass, which is the holiest meal, and uh, I got lots of responses. So I'm going to share all of that with you today. And we even have some other stuff to talk about on The Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. Yes, we do. We have lots to talk about. I've got lots of feedback to share with you once again. Uh, we also are going to have a discussion about these holy meals in addition to uh, the feedback. And let's see, what else is on the menu? What else do I have down here? I've got a few things um, let's see. Ooh, I think I do want to share a short reflection on today's readings uh, from the Mass. Today uh, is, uh, what is today? Today's the 11th of October, and uh, man, the readings today were just incredible. So I'm going to share some of that with you. Also, I'm just going to tell uh, one or two things about the uh, Deo Gratias uh, um, event that we went to at the Benedictine Monastery here. Uh, in Covington, or right outside of Covington, uh, St. Joseph Abbey. That was last Saturday, a week ago. And uh, I said I would talk about it last Sunday, and I just never got around to it. Uh, it was a long show, and we ran out of time. So we're going to do that today. So without further ado, let's get into the feedback. What's this? A letter for me. The mail's here. Oh, great. Thanks. Captain. Incoming message. Well, I want to thank Sean, first of all, Sean the Duct Tape Guy over at CatholicRoundup.com for that cool little uh, blurb there, a bumper, right? Mail blumper, blumper, goodness gracious, bumper. Uh, he sent that to me last week. I had asked for a, uh, a bumper. If anybody had any ideas, I needed to create a new bumper for feedback, and he said, hey, why don't you use mine? Here it is. So thank you so much, Sean, for that. And my next goal is going to be this. You know how uh, Father Roderick has had a few listeners who sent in a, uh, a jingle of the feedback line, uh, the, the, the number, the phone number for the feedback line? I would love to have one of those kinds of, uh, of jingles. That would be so cool. So uh, that would be the challenge. Uh, if anybody uh, is up to that, if anybody thinks that's a um, uh, has the the gift, I guess, of of music of some sort, uh, it would be so cool to have a Catholic foodie jingle for the uh, the voice feedback line. I know uh, I get tired of hearing myself say nine eight five six three five four nine seven four. That's nine eight five six three five four nine seven four. It sounds like one of those eight hundred number. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, commercials you have on uh, on television where you get to order all kind of products, right, for nineteen ninety five. Uh, so if I had a jingle, that'd be very, very cool. Uh, also, if you do uh, come up with a jingle or something, why don't you uh, just email that over to me at uh, catholicfoodie at gmail 
com. Now let's jump into the feedback. Uh, first of all, I did get a few emails uh, that had nothing to do with the topic of this of this episode. Uh, so I want to go ahead and get those out of the way first. I want to share those with you first. Uh, the first one wasn't actually a uh, an email. This came from the discussion board on the Catholic Foodie fan page on Facebook. Uh, this was uh, Jennifer uh, Sharbach. Sharbach. Uh, wrote in a suggestion for uh, a topic, and uh, this is what she had to say. She says, I'm always curious what people choose for comfort foods and why. For my son, it's olives. My daughter goes for the chicken broth and anything with salsa on it, or that's what it looks like. My husband always turns up with scrambled egg sandwiches and throw in a little grated cheese as they finish scrambling, and ice cream is the other fave. Uh, I'm really feeling, or if I'm really feeling low, it's a cross between French toast and elephant eyes, or else milk toast with the eggs poached into the heated milk. What's yours? Well, uh, first of all, Jennifer, thank you so much for that uh, for that that comment uh, on the dis- uh, discussion board. There haven't we haven't had many comments. I think just a couple on the discussion uh, page over there on the uh, the Catholic Foodie fan page on Facebook uh, for the last few months. That's uh, where I. I uh, had started that, hoping that people would uh, would comment there and let me know what would they what would they want to hear, what do they want to discuss here on the Catholic Foodie, either the show or uh, or the the blog or the fan page. What would you like to talk about? And I've only had a couple of people make comments. Uh, I've noticed that most people, and this is fine, this is okay. Most people make their comments on the uh, the actual news feed. Of the fan page, which is fantastic. That's there's no problem with that at all. So just to know that there is a discussion board there. From time to time, you may want to pop on over to that discussion page and check out and see if anybody has made any comments uh, of topics, possible topics for the Catholic Foodie. Uh, the thing is, you have to go and actually check it because uh, if anybody posts anything on the discussion board, it doesn't really show up in the news feed. So uh, just remember when you're over there, Catholic Foodie fan page at on Facebook, just uh, check out the discussion page as well. Uh, as far as what you had to say, uh, Jennifer, I have no idea what elephant eyes are. <laughs> it sounds very interesting, but uh, never heard of them before. Also, as far as my favorite uh, comfort food, well, uh, there's a lot that I could say here, and, and I think I'm just going to mention one thing, and I'm going to invite everybody else here, everybody else who's listening, uh, to, to comment on this and to uh, to tell us what their favorite comfort food is. But for me, if you go back and listen to episodes 7 a and 7B, because I split that episode into two, uh, you'll know that my favorite uh, my favorite food is pizza. So I, I love pizza, and if I'm ever feeling low, uh, one of the things I really want to do is to go somewhere very nice. I say very nice, not like a, a nice restaurant necessarily, but just a place with really good pizza. And for me, that is Pizza Man here in Covington. So uh, when I've, I'm particularly worn out, uh, burnout, um, I'm down. Uh, don't want to cook. If if you know if I'm in that kind of a situation, I think okay, what do I want? What do I want to eat? What'll make me happy? I think of Pizza Man Pizza. So I'll leave it at that, and we'll hopefully find out what you listeners, you guys, what do you think? What is your favorite comfort food? All right, I got a few emails as well. I got one from our good friend Adolfo. Adolfo writes in about the coffee show we had. Actually, we had two episodes on coffee. 
this one was the one with the interview with Campbell, and he says, Great show, Jeff. Uh, as you know, I'm a devotee of Campbell's Coffee, and I'm I'm so glad that it, uh, I'm so glad it made the show, Campbell's Coffee, that is. Uh, for what it's worth, it's the finest coffee I've had in some time. God bless them. Well, Adolfo, I agree 100%. I'm so happy that I was able to get Campbell on the show, first of all. And I just had so much fun talking to him. And, I, you know, it made me thirsty, though, as well. It made me thirsty for that good Campbell's coffee. And I have been back uh, since that interview, and uh, I need to go back again. I'm, I'm, I've got a, a, a hankering here for uh, Campbell's coffee. So, also, Campbell mentioned on there how uh, how green they are. They run this uh, coffee shop in a, in a unique kind of way. And if you haven't checked that out yet, you can go over to Campbell'sCoffee.com and see all the neat, 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 neat stuff that they're doing. And Campbell's is C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L-S, Campbell'sCoffee.com. Uh, let's see, Jessica writes in uh, about Skyline Chili. This was, I think, last episode when I opened up a package from Brother Jerry. Brother Jerry had sent me a, a little care package. And inside that package were two cans of Skyline Chili, which I'd never heard of before. Uh, but it looks delicious, very natural, no preservatives, none of the garbage in uh, in this chili. It's just the, the, the real deal. Uh, and this is what Jessica had to say. She says, Jeff, first, I love the podcast. Uh, thank you for doing such a wonderful job. I was just listening to your most recent episode, and I have to say that you need to try the Skyline Chili either three- or four-way. My husband and I would hit the local Skyline Chili restaurant in downtown Lansing, Michigan, after a workout at the gym. However, they closed shop a few years ago, and we've really missed it. God bless, and thank you for doing such a wonderful job. Uh, well, Jessica, thank you, uh, first of all, for your comment and for your kind words. And, uh, you know, as far as the Skyline Chili goes, I still haven't made my mind up yet. Three-way, four-way, five-way, or the uh, Chili Dip. Uh, you, well, you know what? I've got two cans, so maybe I can do the dip with one and then try this three, four, or five-way with the other can. But anyway, when I get to doing that, I will let you know what I do. As a matter of fact, I might take a few pictures and uh, write up a little blog post about the uh, the Skyline Chili event. So, thank you again, Jessica. Uh, by the way, uh, Brother Jerry, in addition to the stuff in the, 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 the care package that I mentioned last episode, uh, there was something I forgot. He sent me, apparently, some sort of a treasure here. Uh, we, we haven't connected this past week. He keeps telling me, or actually, we keep missing each other just barely, but he had told me that he really wants to tell me the story of this other uh, uh, item, and I haven't heard it yet. Uh, matter of fact, I tried contacting him today. Once again, we're playing tag, but I hope next episode to have him on to explain to us what this is. But in the bottom of the box, there was a red folder, and if you're on Ustream right now, you can see this red folder, and inside this red folder uh, are handwritten recipes, handwritten recipes inside this folder. So I don't know the story behind this, but I'm very excited. I, I want to know. Uh, so I'm sorry that I had forgotten to mention this. The reason why is because I'd already taken it out and brought it to the kitchen. So uh, recipes belong in the kitchen, right? And uh, this, this little homemade cookbook uh, was in my kitchen, and I completely forgot about mention it, mentioning it on the show when I was opening up the, uh, the box. So hopefully we'll have Brother Jerry here next week.
Also had a uh, a comment. What was this? This was uh, oh, this was an email that was sent via the the uh, the, the blog CatholicFoodie.com, and it was Marianne Hogan Bernard, and she says two Lents ago. This has to do with her holiest meal, by the way. Two Lents ago on Holy Thursday, my boys and I had a Seder meal at home. We used the book Lent and Easter in the Domestic Church by the Fourniers as a guide. It lays out the Seder and is very good at explaining the Catholic theology it contains. We meant to do it again this year, but somehow it snuck up on me and I wasn't prepared. But I would try it again. Uh, the Poles have a beautiful Christmas Eve tradition called the uh, Vigilia, or Vigilia, I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, Wikipedia has an article on it here. She gives me a link, which I will put in the show notes. And she says, since I married into a Polish-American family 14 years ago, the sharing of the blessed wafer has become an annual tradition. And even my Irish-American family does it now. Uh, We can get the wafers right here in the churches, but uh, they can also be mail-ordered. So, uh, very cool. She thinks that this uh, holiest meal thing is a a great topic. I think so, too. I I don't know uh, how I got this idea, but it just popped in my head. But I want to say that as far as this Polish tradition, someone, and I can't remember who it is now, but somebody a number of years ago gave us one of these wafers inside of a uh, kind of like a, a plastic cellophane type of uh, uh, wrapper. I don't know if it's uh, really cellophane. It's more like uh, freezer wrap. You know what I'm talking about? That wax paper, something like that. And on the outside of the, the wrapper, it had uh, the tradition, uh, like what, what you actually do is sort of like a a mini prayer service of sorts, and uh, really, really cool. We did that that summer, uh, that uh, that Christmas. We celebrated that that Christmas Eve, and uh, our goodness gracious, we at the time I think we only had one child. It was just Christopher, and he was he was a baby, like an infant. So long time ago, uh, we loved it. It was very cool. I have no idea why we haven't done it since then. Uh, but one problem is that I can't find the wrapper, and I know there was an address on that wrapper telling us how to order more. I'm sure I could Google it, but if you know how to get a hold of these wafers, uh, these Polish wafers and this tradition, uh, email me at catholicfoodie at gmail.com and let me know. I'd love to do it again this year. On Twitter, uh, Helen Russo had uh, made a comment, and Helen Russo's Twitter handle is HelenMelon27. And she had made a comment of a uh, Seder meal that they had done uh, a, a few years back, and it was with a youth group, uh, homeschool group rather, or a Catholic homeschool group. And they didn't use, I guess, the traditional meat. They used a different kind of meat, uh, either ham or turkey, if you couldn't remember exactly. But somebody else, and I can't remember who, had made a comment on Twitter about how inappropriate that was, I believe, uh, to use ham, I guess, in a Seder meal, which was Jewish, and that's pork. Uh, anyway, Helen Helen felt like she needed to justify what she, or to explain further what she was trying to communicate, and she states that uh, you know 140 characters does not a picture paint. So uh, she sent an email and uh, posted it on as a comment on uh, CatholicFoodie.com. So if you want to go check out the post on holiest meal, like your holiest meal, uh, you will see what she had to say, and uh, feel free to comment. As well, thank you, Helen, for taking the time to uh, to tweet first of all, and to retweet my uh, tweet about your holiest meal, and for taking the time to comment there on CatholicFoodie.com. Now we also have uh, a comment that was left by our good friend Mike Lindner. 
Uh, Mike says, I don't know if it's our holiest meal, but Christmas Eve is always a special family time and, of course, a holy meal. My wife is part Polish, and on Christmas Eve, we celebrate with a Polish dinner. The tree is trimmed, the table is set fancy, and we all gather as a family. We have spent all afternoon cooking pierogi, which are potato dumplings, uh, galumki, stuffed cabbage leaves, kielbasa, a garlicky, garlicky sausage, and other treats. Uh, before the meal, we say special prayers and thank God for the food and each other and the gift of his son. We break the oblect, uh, oplatek, I believe is how you would say that, oplatek, which is the blessed uh, wafer, blessed but unconsecrated communion bread, and each person gets a piece with honey drizzled on it. One piece is pink, the rest are white, and we each take a bite and pass it to the next person with a blessing so that each person gets a bite of each piece until the pink piece comes back to the person who started with it. Very cool. He also uh, includes a link, which I think goes to a, a picture of these op- uh, Oplatek, uh, Oplateki, I guess would be the plural, um, and I will put that in the show notes as well. He says, After the blessings, we share our wonderful Polish meal and enjoy being together. We listen to Christmas music, put the presents under the tree, of course, Santa brings more later, and we sit around the fireplace. So it sounds absolutely lovely, uh, Mike. That sounds awesome. And uh, very family-oriented, which is so awesome. And one of the things that I really like about what you said here, and of course I liked it all, but one thing that really stuck out was how you spent the afternoon cooking. And it says, we spent the afternoon cooking. So it's like a family affair, being in the kitchen. That is that is so cool. That is so cool. And one of Father Leo's uh, 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 goals, I guess, uh, in, in Grace Before Meals, go to gracebeforemeals.com and check that out. Uh, one of his goals is to have the family involved not only in the eating of the meal together, but in the preparation of the food and preparing the meal to do so together. So that's very important. And uh, I'm so glad that you mentioned that. And it's a reminder to everybody, especially to me, right now that the family should be involved in actually preparing the meal as well. I'm oftentimes very reluctant to have my kids participate. I mean, from time to time, I let them help me cook. Uh, But many times, it's just uh, logistically challenging because our kitchen is kind of small. There's not a whole lot of room. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of times we're in a hurry. You know, I'm in in a hurry to cook. And uh, uh, when the kids are participating, well, it's it takes longer. It takes longer. And Sundays would be a great day to have a family cook day and then a family meal. The problem with that is that I, I work for the church. I work for my parish. And so Sunday afternoon, evening is oftentimes, or at least evening, is oftentimes a work day for me. So maybe on Saturdays, we could try to do something on Saturdays. That may be uh, a little bit better for us. Had some comments on my personal Facebook page as well. Lisa Cooper says her favorite or her uh, holiest meal was a Seder meal shared with members of her parish and a local synagogue. Uh, My good friend Karen Henshaw, who lives not too far from me, she's in my parish, she says, I try to make our Thanksgiving and Christmas dinners like that. We recreate and cherish memories of the past and create new traditions to build family unity, all the while giving thanks to God for for his gifts of love. On Christmas, we are sure to include a happy birthday baby Jesus cake, <laughs> which is awesome. We do that, too, uh, and that's that's uh, that's fun. The kids love it. 
And of course, that leaves extra cake to eat. Very nice. Uh, my good friend Patrick Moore, who is a card, by the way, he is a funny, funny man. Uh, his answer to the question, what is your, or what was your holiest meal, his response was, you mean besides the ham and Swiss? <laughs> so that holy Swiss cheese, right? Uh, thanks, Patrick, for that uh, for that comment. All right, over on the Catholic Foodie fan page, Inga, Inga Lutz uh, has this to say. She said that her holiest meal was breakfast with a priest, and she includes a photo of herself along with Angel Steph, Angel Steph or Stephanie, uh, over at the CNMC this past summer in San Antonio, and they are eating breakfast with a priest, breakfast with a priest, Father Roderick of the Daily Breakfast. So, very cool, uh, great photo. Go over to Catholic Foodie fan page on Facebook, you can see that, uh, you can see that picture. So, thank you, Inga, for, uh, for uh, sharing that with us. Uh, Kate Daniluk, who you heard uh, uh, a couple of episodes ago, Music at the Table, uh, Making Music Praying Twice, she has this to say, I would say a very fancy restaurant dinner at Lamont in Pittsburgh on my honeymoon. It felt like a personal wedding feast for just the two of us, and then the Steelers won the game, and fireworks started going off. We had a panoramic view overlooking the city, and everything from cocktails to dessert was perfectly prepared and delicious. Oh, goodness, Kate, thank you so much, and that really reminds me of something, uh, of my own holiest meals, and I'm going to share my thoughts uh, shortly, uh, but first... I want to um, I want to get through a couple more of these uh, these comments and then I'll, I'll I'll share mine with you at that point. Well, actually, I've got so much here. I don't think I'm gonna be able to get through all of it. I may have to save some for next episode because uh, this is uh, we're, we're we we've got to get the show on the road here. I don't want this to be a very long episode. Uh, also, uh, Catholic Digest uh, on Twitter, which is at Catholic Digest, that's the handle, uh, Catholic Digest uh, retweeted my tweet about this question, right? What what was your holiest meal? And they also posted it on their fan page on Facebook, and we had a number of responses. And there were excellent, excellent responses. So you can go over to Catholic Digest fan page on Facebook and, and see those responses and even make one of your own. Uh, we, I have all these written out right here, and I want to share them, uh, but I think I'm going to have to save them. Catholic Digest, I just want to let you know, thank you so much for, uh, for doing that and, uh, and for supporting, uh, this question and, and what the Catholic Foodie is all about, what the Catholic Foodie is doing. And, uh, and I, I'm now a fan of the Catholic Digest over there on Facebook, and I really like the stuff that you, uh, that you published. Matter of fact, you had an article not that long ago on marriage, and food, so uh, I, I I was so tickled to see that, and I can't wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little research, and I think that's gonna be one of the episodes coming up very very soon. Marriage and food. So with that in mind, if anybody has any ideas about marriage and food, you can go ahead and email those to me at catholicfoodie at gmail com, or call the listener feedback line nine eight five six three five four nine seven four. All right, as mentioned before, we had lots of uh, comments on Twitter and also on Plurk, and I'm going to read only one comment on Plurk, but I'm going to come back to that one. Actually, I think I probably need to say it now. Um, Okay, Brother Jerry on Plurk said that uh, his holiest meal was at a soup kitchen that he started way back in the early 
90s, and he'll have to share that with me sometime. So maybe we can talk about that next episode as well. I've got a couple of soup kitchen stories, and you know, I've got to tell you, I've got to tell you what it was that actually inspired this particular topic. Uh, it was about a week ago, and I remembered something, and that, that something is what led to this, this topic. Uh, I have a friend, and I've known him for a while. I uh, haven't seen him in a long time. We, don't, we used to live close to each other uh, when I, we were in New Orleans before we got married. And in the first uh, six months or so after we got married, we lived in New Orleans. And uh, we used to go to the same prayer meeting every week. And so I used to see him all the time. His name is Bob Butler. Bob Butler out uh, down in New Orleans. And uh, Bob had an incredible experience, a conversion experience. He was Catholic, grew up Catholic. But I think it was around the time, college age, maybe right after college, he was doing a backpacking. If I, I may have some of the details mixed up. But the way I remember it, uh, he was doing some sort of a backpacking uh, trip maybe in Europe. And they were on foot, of course, backpacking. It was a group of them. And what happened is they ended up meeting someone who had invited them over uh, to stay the night. And uh, this gentleman, an older gentleman, happened to be, I think he was like a, a pastor, a Protestant pastor or something, kind of like a non-denominational or possibly even Pentecostal pastor. And it invited him in, and they, they were having dinner. And over dinner... This, uh, this man, their host, shared the story with them of his, of his encounter with Jesus, right? what, what, what led him into the work that he's, he was doing at the time, uh, and what changed his life. And my friend, who was Catholic, grew up Catholic, but really had no, wasn't really practicing his faith, uh, Bob wasn't practicing his faith, he was so moved by what this guy had to say that tears were running down his face. And at the end of the meal, he asked him if, if this guy would pray for him and, and, and ask God to give him the same gift, the same experience, the same uh, uh, new life that this particular pastor had received. So Bob knelt down there in the living room, and uh, this pastor prayed over him, and Bob was just hit by the Holy Spirit. And he, his whole life from that point, changed. Uh, he, he continued, I mean, he's, he's a practicing Catholic. He was involved after that when he came back uh, home. He had gotten involved with the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. Uh, his whole life had changed. Scripture just really came alive to him. And uh, like God was really speaking to him in the Scriptures. And it, it was just an amazing, life-changing event. Well, one thing that you would know about Bob after meeting him, Bob lives the Scripture. He knows the scriptures. He prays the scriptures. He, it's like he's got this intimate sort of uh, understanding and, and relationship with the Word of God, and he does right with Jesus, the Word of God, and he he just he knows scripture so well. Anyway, shortly after we were married, and once again, I am uh, try, not, trying to remember the details. I, I may have a few of them kind of jumbled up, uh, especially my time frames. But at some point after he was married, uh, for some reason, and I can't remember why. Uh, he and his wife were going to give a dinner party. And as they were planning out this dinner party, uh, Bob had read in the Scriptures, in the Bible, Luke chapter 14, verses 12, I think it's 12 and 13, 12 to 14. Hold on, let me check. I marked this earlier. 
12 to 14, this is what he reads when he was praying praying, and they were trying to plan out the, uh, the dinner party. Uh, it says, and this is Jesus speaking, Then he said to the host, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your rel- uh, relations or rich neighbors in case they invite you back and so repay you. No, when you have a party, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Then you will be blessed, for they have no means to repay you, and so you will be repaid when the upright rise again. That's Luke chapter 14, verses 12 to 14. He read that, and it kind of cut him to the heart. It was like Jesus was speaking to him about this dinner party. And so, guess what? That's what they did. They didn't invite their friends and family. They invited strangers who were poor. People who were uh, handicapped. People who could not repay them. That's who they invited to this dinner party. Can you imagine? I mean, it's hard for me to imagine that. I, I, I It almost, uh, well, it... it, uh, it <laughs> It shames me in a way to think about it because here he is taking the word of God simply, right, at, 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 at face value, directly what Jesus is saying. And he invites the poor to his home, to a dinner party. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, I admire it. I love it. It kind of puts me to shame. Uh, but imagine, and I remember him telling me the blessings that came from that is just incredible. So when I was thinking about this particular story that Bob told me, golly, probably 15 years ago, um, 12 years ago, maybe 12 years ago, I was thinking that, that is a holy meal. Wow, that's a holy meal. So that's what got me on this topic of holy meals. And I hope uh, we're going kind of long here with the feedback, so I'm going to move on. But uh <laughs> Oh, goodness. Thank you all so much for responding, and I'm going to share more feedback with you next episode. True love, you heard him? You could not ask for a more noble cause than that. Sonny, true love is the greatest thing in the world. Except for nice MLT, mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean, and the tomatoes are ripe. They're so perky. I love that. Well, you know, uh, I want to tell you just a little bit about my holiest meals. Uh, and this goes back to what Kate Daniluk mentioned. I, I read her feedback just a few minutes ago. Uh, Kate talked about her, her wedding and her honeymoon. And so I wanted to, to you know, also on the, the Catholic, uh, Catholic Digest fan page on Facebook, and a couple of the comments there were also about the wedding, uh, their, their, uh, the wedding or, or um, honeymoon and, and those meals. So I wanted to share a little bit about my holiest meals. And <laughs> I tell you what, uh when I got married, uh it, it was it was it was amazing. And I'm sure everybody could say that, but you have to understand that I had been in the seminary uh twice, right? Once with Mother Teresa's priest for about two years, and then two years studying for the Diocese of Baton Rouge at St. Joseph Seminary College, which is on the grounds of St. Joseph Abbey. And uh you know <laughs> I, I fell in love with my wife, uh, Char, uh, back in 1992 when we were working together. I was bartending, and she was a uh, 
a waitress at this restaurant in Baton Rouge. And she went to uh, to Italy for a year, and that was in 93? Is that right? Huh. I'm terrible with dates. Absolutely terrible. Anyway, she went to Italy and was there for a year, and I, I, we, we used to write back and forth. Like two or three times a week, we're writing back and forth. When she came back, comparing well, after we got married, which was years and years later, uh, comparing our, our two stacks of letters that we wrote each other, I mean, we had like a huge stack of letters. Our letters would cross each other, you know, across the ocean because we were writing to each other so often. We talked on the phone to each other a couple of times, or at least one time a week while she was gone that year. Now, we weren't dating at the time. We were best friends. We hung out uh, when she was here. We used to spend a lot of time together. But we were best friends. We weren't dating. But I was absolutely in love with her. Uh, Matter of fact, when I first saw her, I fell in love with her and thought, goodness gracious, if if I was going to ever get married to anybody, this is the one. Uh, Anyway, I'd already been to the seminary once, and I met her afterwards. And uh, when she came back from uh, Italy, I thought for sure that we would be an item. We would get together, you know, that we would be uh, 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 dating. And much to my uh, disappointment, much to my um, surprise, really, she came back and didn't want to have anything to do with me. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know if she's going to appreciate me telling the story, uh, but she she had been on a business internship in Italy. She'd been teaching English to Italian business people, and it was part of a program, a postgraduate business program, uh, which is a worldwide program. ISEC is the uh, the way they would call it. It's the uh, acronym, I guess, uh, ISEC. I have no idea what it means. Uh, but it was a business organization worldwide, and she went to LSU. And while she was at LSU, she was part of this uh, part of this organization. Anyway, so she's in Italy teaching business or teaching business people English, and she comes back, and she's ready to get to get to it. She's ready to 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 uh, to get to work, to be in business. She wanted to be in sales. And she comes back, and guess what I'm doing? I'm doing the same thing I was doing when she left. I was bartending. And uh, I had, like, no goal in life. I <laughs> uh, had no idea what was going to come next. I was just waiting impatiently, uh, anxiously, for her to return. And that was, like, the highlight of my of my life. And so I was absolutely crushed, just devastated when she came back and basically said, I don't want to see you anymore. (laughs) I'm like, whoa. So I went into like a depression for a few months, uh, maybe five months, six months. Uh, And I say that, I mean, I I had no idea it was a depression, but I was, it messed me up uh, because I really did love her. And after all that time, I remember praying one day, saying, Lord, you know, I'm miserable. Why am I so miserable? What is the cause of this? And I tried to remember when, when the last time, what was the last time I was happy? And I thought back, and it was when I was in the seminary. It was when I was uh, when I was really close to God. I was in the seminary, studying for Mother, Mother Teresa's priests. And I thought, well, that that's it. I've got to change my life again. I've got to practice my faith. I've got to, because uh, I had kind of fallen away during that point. I said, I got to practice my faith, and goodness gracious, I should probably get back in the seminary. Well, next thing you know, I am still bartending, but I'm meeting with the Diocese of Baton Rouge, 
And long story short, I get accepted to, uh, to, to, to the diocese as a seminarian, and I'm getting ready to go to the seminary. Now, as I was getting ready to go to the seminary, I thought, you know, I really need to make peace with certain people before I go, kind of start fresh. So I had been getting on the phone and talking to people and calling them and, and uh, basically saying I'm going to the seminary. I just kind of want to bury the hatchet. I apologize for any way I've ever hurt you before. And, you know, just trying to start with a clean slate and, and go into the seminary with no, no uh, issues with anybody. And so I get to call Char. And uh, I was very surprised to hear her uh, be very, very excited for me. She says, finally, finally, you know, Jeff has a goal, a vision. He, he's going somewhere. He's got a direction. And uh, she was just very excited for me. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, so I, that, that was the, the story of, of uh, Char. Now I'm kind of losing my track of uh, my, my, uh, my, my thoughts here. I don't know where I'm, where I'm going with all this, but, uh, oh, Okay, so we end up, uh, I graduated, and uh, circumstances had led to she and I uh, getting back together, spending more time together. Uh, the, the last, I'd say, I don't know, four or five months when I was in the seminary, because her younger brother, one of her younger brothers, had died. Uh, he was 20 years old, died of, I mean, his heart just stopped. And uh, major athlete, big-time athlete, and when he was out working out, basically, he just died, just fell over devastating to the family, uh, devastating to Char. And the first person, she was out of town. She was uh, visiting friends, I believe in Canada. And uh, the first person that she called after she ha- found out about this, because someone had called her and said, you got to come home, was me in the seminary. She calls me and she says, go to my family. Go take care of them. Um, and I'm going to try to get there as soon as I can. So I, I picked up my stuff and I left and I went and, and went to Baton Rouge and uh, stayed with the family, and she came into town, and I was there for days. And anyway, I, that that kind of brought us back together. We were talking more and more. Uh, I was comforting her and trying to get her back into practicing her faith because she'd fallen away as well. And uh, so I had invited her to a couple couple of like archdiocesan events. There was a big prayer, uh, conference that had come up, and and I invited her to that and. So we're talking a lot. We're talking on the phone. We're talking about heaven and and uh, uh, the message of the gospel and hope and all these things that she needed to hear. And all the while, guess what's happening? I'm falling head over heels in love with her all over again. So <laughs> I get done with uh, seminary. I graduate from college level seminary. I'm supposed to be going to Rome to study. And I have to go in and talk to my bishop and say, look, I really can't go right now. I, 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 this is what's going on. I don't know what all this means. I know that I'm absolutely in love with this girl. I have, I have, no, I still feel called to be a priest, but I'm, I'm completely in love with her. I have no idea. I'm so confused. I just can't go on right now. And so uh, I, I took a break. And a year and a half later, I got married. <laughs> so anyway, we go on our honeymoon. And you have to understand that when we entered the sacrament of matrimony, we knew what we were doing. We understood it as a vocation. Here I am coming as a seminarian into this, uh, into this new vocation uh, of marriage, and we approached it as a sacrament. We had a, a very keen understanding of what it was 
we were getting ourselves into. It wasn't just the next good step. It wasn't just something you're supposed to do. It was something we did deliberately, understanding how God was bringing us together, understanding how God was blessing us, and understanding that, you know, he had a plan for us. So we said yes at the altar. And that entire experience, the rehearsal dinner, the the, the wedding uh, reception, uh, our honeymoon, just, I mean, God was like palpable. God was there. It was so intense. It was so uh, real. His presence was so real. It was just incredible. It was like he was there. He was blessing us. He was confirming his love. He was confirming the fact that he was calling us together to himself and 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 wanting to uh, and having a plan for us and wanting to use us in ways to bless other people. And so we had a, a rehearsal dinner that was just incredible. I mean, the food was great. The service was great. Having family and friends, people from out of town, from all over there, uh, was just in, was just incredible. And we prayed before I led a a, a, a blessing before we all ate. Uh, I mean, it was just um, we had a lot of friends who were there who were from you, you were friends from like the prayer group and the in the, the church we were going to, uh, the parish. And so it was just very very special. God was there. Um, same thing with, uh, with the rehearsal, I mean, not the rehearsal, the reception. It was magical, and I'm sure everybody can say that. It was like magical, but it wasn't simply magical because of the feelings that we had for each other and the joy of having everybody there and just the wonderful food and the, 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 all the congratulations and the love from all these people. It was because God was there. It was because we could feel his presence. And uh, and that just kind of passed over into the honeymoon. Now, I will tell you, there were some meals that we had on the honeymoon that were just incredible and obvious signs to us that God was blessing us. I have written about some of these things uh, in my personal journal. I've written about these things when they happened years ago. Uh, and I've got so many just incredible memories uh, of that time. And what I'm going to do is on the blog post, on the uh, the, the show notes here, I'm going to post a couple of pictures from the honeymoon of some of the meals that we had. They were just incredible. And I, I, I'm going to tell you, um, I'm going to whet your appetite as well. I'm not telling the story right now, but I will tell the story at some point about how we went on our honeymoon. We had st- studied NFP. And here we are going on a honeymoon and, uh, you know, where the whole question is, should we, is it, is it good for us or should we wait to have children practicing NFP or just be open? And we went on the honeymoon with the understanding that we were going to wait, uh, that, that uh, you know, practicing NFP and we're just going to, we wanted to wait to have children. But, but guess what? We came back from the honeymoon pregnant, and I'll have to tell you that story another time. And don't worry, this is a tasteful story. It's not a tasteless story. It's a tasteful story. But once again, it's a story where you have Jesus there with us at the center of this vocation, calling us to say yes and calling us to be to be open. So I'll tell you all that story some other time. In the meantime... Go to the website uh, probably tomorrow uh, evening, and you'll see the pictures of some of the incredible meals we had on our honeymoon. I'd like the chef salad, please, with the oil and vinegar on the side and the apple pie a la mode. Chef and apple a la mode. 
But I'd like the pie heated, and I don't want the ice cream on top. I want it on the side, and I'd like strawberry instead of vanilla if you have it. If not, then no ice cream, just whipped cream, but only if it's real. If it's out of a can, then nothing. Not even the pie? No, just the pie, but then not heated. Uh-huh. I'll have what she's having. Just a couple of uh, news items I'd like to share with you. Uh, we have a holy meal coming up, or I have a holy meal coming up tomorrow. Uh, you know that I run the confirmation program at my parish, and uh, tomorrow's confirmation. Uh, this has been an incredible week. I, I had, first of all, it's exam week, so I'm buried under uh, tests that I gave uh, a week ago or so, which I, uh, because of confirmation, I was delayed in grading. Okay, it's about two weeks ago I gave this test, and I haven't graded that yet. Uh, and then I had to give exams last week, and I haven't graded those yet. I've started, but they're not they're not done yet. And on top of that, confirmation is tomorrow. So normally, during the, the week preceding confirmation, I work like an insane person. It's unbelievable. And sure enough, I just calculated the hours that I've put in just for St. Peter's for the confirmation program. This past week, it's 40 hours and 30 minutes I've worked for them this past week, and that's in addition to working full-time at St. Paul's. So it's been a heck of a week. <laughs> uh, but, um, once again, I'm losing my train of thought. Uh, but, oh, so tomorrow, confirmation, we have a dinner with the bishop. It's a holy meal. Uh, every year, when the when the bishop, and this it's actually Archbishop, the new Archbishop of New Orleans, uh, Archbishop Gregory M. Amond, will be the conferring prelate, uh, tomorrow at, at the uh, the confirmation liturgy, and uh, before the liturgy, he meets with uh, with the pastor, the associate pastor, uh, the deacon, who's also going to serve as the master of ceremonies. Uh, the acolytes will be there. Uh, some of the uh, people who are on my team, the confirmation team, and then of course myself uh, will be there at the dinner. And and brother Ken, who is in charge of music, and so all of us uh, will have dinner with the archbishop. And uh, you talk about nice. It, it's just very nice. Not only is the food great, we've got some uh, very holy women who come every year to prepare this meal, and it's just delightful to have them. They're wonderful cooks. Uh, they're great hostesses, and they, they do a fantastic job. And I'm really looking forward to the meal just for that aspect. But in addition to that is the whole, um, is the church. Is the church coming together around the bishop, right? Where the bishop is, there you find the Catholic Church. That was a, all right, that is a quote. I think it's Irenaeus that said that. Uh, early Church Father Irenaeus. Where the bishop is, there you find the Catholic Church. So the Archbishop will be with us, and here we are, uh, as the Church, gathered around, sharing a meal with our Father, with our Chief Shepherd here in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. So I'm very much looking forward to that. That is tomorrow night. And if you would not mind saying a prayer, for the 80 candidates, uh, actually I had two that transferred out, so we actually only have 78 this year. That's, uh, it's like the numbers kept dropping. I don't know why. But we have 78. If you would pray for them in a special way between today and tomorrow as they prepare to receive the sacrament of confirmation and become full members, adult members, full members, fully initiated into the body of Christ the Church. I would really appreciate that, and I'm sure they would too. Thank you. Also, just one word about Deo Gratias. If you may, if you may, you may remember, uh, a week ago I went to this event at my uh, uh, parish, 
I'm sorry, it's not in my parish. It was at the local Benedictine monastery called Deo Gratius. It's a fundraiser they have every year. And it's, it's, a, it's incredible. It's so awesome. And uh, every year it's catered by Chef John Fols, uh, who, if you remember my interview with Marcel Bienvenu a few months back, uh, she works at, she's teaching at the Chef John Fols Culinary Institute. So Chef John Fols, big Catholic guy. I mean, he's Catholic. He's a, a, a big-named chef, big-time chef. And uh, I, I got to meet him. I got to meet him. So I just want to let you know, Deo Gratis was great, and I got to meet Chef John Foles. I gave him a card, a Catholic foodie card, and uh, asked if uh, at some point we'd be able to sit down and talk, since he's the uh, chef who got to cook a gumbo for the Pope, Pope John Paul II, a number of years ago, uh, at, at Castle uh, Gandolfo. Castle Gandolfo. Isn't that pretty awesome, huh? So anyway, I uh, just want to let you know that. A little bit of news from my life uh, last week. Now, uh, I can't believe it, but we are already at the end of the show. Uh, lots of feedback today. Once again, that's two episodes in a row with lots of feedback, but I'm going to uh, wind this thing down and, uh, and, and end up saying goodbye in just a few minutes. Here's a way you can be creative on a daily basis. Well, how else in your life can you actually create new things every day? And you have to eat. This mm-hmm. is the thing we all agree on. If you're going to eat three times a day to the day that you die... Why not be good at it? Well, as I mentioned, we have had lots of feedback today, and but we had no voice feedback, none. And this is the first time, and I think in a few episodes, or a number of episodes, where we had no voice feedback. And i got to tell you, that is my favorite way to get feedback. Uh, thank you so much for writing in, for making comments on the blog. Uh, but, but voice feedback is incredible because we get to hear your voice. So, uh, if you have anything you'd like to say about what we talked about today, or any ideas about, say, marriage and food, or, uh, once again, the topic for today's show, anything about uh, holy meals, if you would, pick up the phone. Give me a call, uh, 985-635-4974, and you can uh, just leave a message there. It's something I can play on the show. Of course, you can always just email me at catholicfoodie at gmail. Oh, and I've got to tell y'all, the annual podcast awards have started. Uh, They've started the nomination period, which goes, I believe, until uh, 11.59 p.m. on October 18th. So you have about another week now where you can go and nominate your favorite podcast for all these different categories. And there is, by the way, a uh, a food and, I think it's like food and uh, leisure or food and wine categories, something like that. Uh, I, I don't know if you know any podcasts that might fit into that category or not. Uh, I'm trying to think of one or, uh, I don't know, I don't know. But, you know, you get a chance to go and all your favorite podcasts, you get to go and nominate them for a podcast award. So, I got to remind you, SQPN, the StarQuest Production Network, have incredible, incredible podcasts. Great Catholic podcasts with great content. Uh, as you go to nominate your favorite podcast, keep in mind the show's over at sqpn.com. Okay, enough said about that. Go out, nominate, and then I think the, I don't know when they actually start the voting period, because after the nominations, I think there's a break before they actually start the uh, the voting. But I think this is the fifth annual um, uh, podcast awards. And there is a, a I put a little um, uh, link there 
at catholicfoodie.com on the right-hand side. So if you go to catholicfoodie.com and click on that link, uh, that's really good because they know that I'm sending them people, and it increases my chances of actually getting a um, oh, like a uh, an ad, a Catholic Foodie ad on their site for a year. So if you go to the podcast awards via the Catholic Foodie podcast awards link on the right-hand side, the sidebar of catholicfoodie.com, it actually helps me uh, get the chance, at least, of, uh, of getting an ad on their website, which would be really, really cool. Uh, we have had another iTunes review that was posted, so I encourage you once again, as in last episode, to go over to iTunes and leave a review for the Catholic Foodie if you like what you see and hear. And uh, I thank you now for that. Thank you right now. Uh, also, SQPN Connect, sqpnconnect.ning.com. Visit me over there. Uh, also, uh, Facebook, Facebook fan page. There's links to these, uh, all these things I'm saying on catholicfoodie.com in the sidebar. So please go check that out. If you, if you don't have to write it all down, you don't have to remember it all, just go to catholicfoodie.com and check out the sidebar. You've got links to all these great things. And also, don't forget all the great content you have over there at SQPN. In addition to SQPN, I do want to mention one new podcast that just started. Father Roderick talked about this on Friday, on, in I think it was episode 689 of The Daily Breakfast. Uh, the Padley Brothers, along with Steve Nelson, have started a new uh, podcast called The Secrets of Flash Forward. I heard the interview that uh, Father Roderick did with Nick Padley uh, Friday, and I, I was so excited about what I heard that I ended up going to Hulu uh, yesterday, and while I'm doing other work at the office, I was just manual stuff. It, I didn't have to use my brain for this. Uh, I had these episodes running in the background, and I got to I watched all three episodes that were posted on Hulu. And this show is incredible. I don't know if you've seen it yet or not. Flash forward. You can go back and see the 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 first episode. The first three episodes are on Hulu at Hulu.com. Go check that out. And also, after you've seen the first two, you can go over to uh, secretsofflashforward.com and hear the first episode of the Secrets of Flash Forward podcast. So, bravo, Nick, Pat, Steve. Uh, I listened to it uh, this morning, and uh, y'all doing a good job, and I can't wait for the next episode. All right, I think that's all I have for you, uh, all I have for you today, so... Uh, thank you so much for being here. It has been a lot of fun, and uh, I look forward to next week. And until then, bon appetit. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.